Lord, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the opportunity to get to lift up our voices to you, Lord. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, just this season um, of Christmas, of celebrating your birth, Lord. But it doesn't make any sense without uh, the truth of this song, Lord, that uh, you came and you you were born a babe, but you you died, Lord, and you died for our sins and you rose again, Lord, and that makes everything um, that happened in your life make sense, Lord. So we thank you so much for the opportunity today to um, to worship you, to, to, to give you um, our best today, Lord. I pray that you just use my, my words, Lord, that they would be your words and that, um, that people would hear what they, what you want them to hear today. Lord, I thank you so much for um, this church body, and uh, that's family, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Awaken Church. If you guys don't know me, I'm Richard Dubay. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, you don't get to see me up on stage very often. Uh, I'm bivocational, so that means I, I work a full-time job, and then I get the opportunity to be one of your pastors so uh, every once in a while, they let me get up here and preach. So I'm excited to be here today. Um, just a little bit of my background. So I have a wife, Jackie. You guys probably know her more than me. She gets up here a lot. And um, I have two beautiful kids, Caitlin, who's six, and Robbie, who's three. And um, you guys almost got an opportunity to hear him preach today because we put him in a, a nice uh, sports coat jacket today. And Jackie said, this, you know, this is like Andrew, Pastor Andrew's preaching jacket. He always wore. And so he goes, I'm going to preach. And so all the way to church, he was saying he was going to preach. And so, he, but he didn't, we're like, well, what are you going to preach about? And he didn't have any answer. But finally, I guess he said back there, he said, I'm going to say what I need to say. <laughs> so, I mean, you guys can take that and probably just take that away from that. And everything else I say will just be bonus, right? So we'll see if. <laughs> what happens in years to come with him, but um, <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So so I'm glad to be here. Um, if you guys have been following along with us, this is our third week in uh, hymnology, and so you've got to hear from Andrew and Frank their their favorite hymn, and so uh, I am getting to share my favorite hymn, which is Oh Holy Night. I thought we'd go with a Christmas theme since we're just three days away from Christmas. Um, Hopefully everyone knows that and have got most of your Christmas shopping done. Um, you still have three more days, if not, you know, Amazon probably can get it delivered. No, not Amazon. <laughs> you actually have to go to a real store so if you haven't gotten your if you haven't gotten your gifts yet. Um, Um, but anyway, so as I was thinking about songs and, and you know, why study songs and, and that type of thing, and um, I have a friend that, that really, songs really impact him. He has an ability to be able to uh, understand, like, you know, hear a song, hear the scripture behind it. Um, he's very musically talented and be able to understand what the artist is trying to say and really internalize the, the message of that song. And, um, and so... The, the cool thing is it's really a blessing to him because these songs really minister to him. Um, the curse is that, like, if it's really a, like a song that tears you down, then he, it really impacts him. So, like, he really can't listen to, um, you know, secular music that just is, you know, not encouraging to him. 
Um, me, on the other hand, I am, you know, I can just hear songs and not really know what's, what they're talking about or anything like that. I'm notorious for misunderstanding lyrics. I don't know if you guys are like that. So one that came up was back in the day, there's some old country song that was uh, talking about down in the boondocks. Um, I always thought it was down in the boombox, which <laughs> years later, I was like, that doesn't make any sense, but I would sing it loud and proud as a little kid. And, um, and thankfully, I, I married someone that can understand that, Jackie. Also, when she was a kid with Christmas carols, um, she would uh, sing, was a Jingle Bells, and it's uh, Bells on Bobtails bob Ring. She asked her mom one time, Who, how do they know the horse's name is Bob? And she's like, what? It's like, well, she thought it was bells, um, bells on Bob's tail ring. And, you know, and it's about horses. So, yeah. So hopefully you guys can relate to one of those two. Um, either you, scripture or really, you know, words really impact you. Um, or, or you're like us where we just kind of let it go over. But, but God is really cool that every once in a while, you know, a song will really impact me and hit me. Um, you know, I take the time to, to look at the words or I just play it over and over again, and um, and those songs like really stick with me. So one example would be I don't know, probably six eight months ago, um, Dave Rob sang um, "Reckless Love." I don't know if you guys remember that. It was really cool. He shared um, shared about that and how that song impacted his life. And so like I can't listen to that song now without hearing him sing it. Um, the the talks about there's no wall you won't kick down no lie you won't tear down coming after me and uh so those that's like a song that every time i hear it it just has so much more meaning uh than than maybe just your average song um so last week frank shared with uh, how great thou art and he talked about how big and amazing god was he talked about how there's millions and millions or maybe billions of planets in the universe and, all, and millions and millions of cells that God made us. So he, he uh, you know, is just this amazing and huge God. And I thought it was really cool because this week we're going to talk about how that same God um, came down to earth um, to be born in the, the form of a, of a hopeless uh, baby. And so it just uh, was, uh, I think, a neat contrast to think about. Um, just to show you, give you some of my, my uh, street cred on Oh Holy Night, uh, I once made a, a Christmas mix CD. I used to do that back in the day. I guess you make playlists now, but um, of, of Christmas songs, and I had it broken into three different sections of like contemporary Christian, um, like classical contemporary, and then punk rock, of course, because this was like in, in college. And um, so, and each one like started off with a different version of a holy night. So, um, if you if you want to hear the punk version, it is out there of a holy night. Um, but yeah, I I just really have always enjoyed this song over the years. Um, so today we're going to talk about the history of of the song. As I researched and found out, just really neat inspiration um, behind the song, and then. Uh, I also wanted to uh, talk about how just this song, the, uh, the scripture, how it parallels the scripture and um, how it, as I looked through it, the different verses kind of show a different way that I, a way that I learned to share my testimony and how they kind of fall along with that. And then also um, why I think the song should matter to you. So um, if we look back at the history, um, it was written back in the 1840s uh, in a small French town. A Paris priest asked a wine merchant a poet named Placide Capot, 
uh, to write a Christmas poem for the Christmas Eve Mass. Uh, on the way to the capital city, Capo decided that he would base it on the Gospel of Luke's account in chapter 2 about the birth of Jesus. Uh, he imagined witnessing the birth himself. And by the time he arrived in Paris, he had completed the poem, poem called Canique uh, de Noël, which just means uh, Christmas Carol. He also decided that it wasn't going to be a poem, but it actually was a song. And so he wasn't a skilled musician, so he got his friend Adaf Adam uh, to to uh, write the music. He was a well-known uh, opera, ballet, and orchestra composer. So he asked him if he would write the song with, for him. Um, and he decided to help his friend even though he was Jewish. And the poem represented a, a holiday that he didn't celebrate and a man that he didn't view as the son of God. But uh, with just three weeks uh, before the Christmas mass, he finished the, the composing it and they performed it that Christmas Eve. And initially... The song was wholeheartedly accepted by the, by the church in France, and it quickly found its way onto the Catholic Christmas services, um, and it grew to be one of the most beloved Christmas songs in France. Um, but a couple years later, when Placide Capot walked away from the church and became a, a part of the socialist movement, and the ch church leaders discovered that Adolf Adam was Jewish, um, the song was suddenly dismissed and denounced from the church. So the French people, but the French people continued to sing it, and decades later, um, it was brought to America. So there was a preacher named John Sullivan Dwight, and he, he was a preacher, but because of severe panic attacks, every time he tried to peach, preach, he um, had to leave the ministry. And so he was, in, he, but he did end up starting a, um, a music journal called Dwight's Journal of Music. And so he... He uh, took that love of scripture and God and applied it towards critiquing music and bringing new music to people. Um, when he was looking for some new music, he found Canique de Noël in French. Um, and of course, because people back then could speak more than one language, he knew how to read it in French. And, and um, he, he ended up translating it into to, uh, English because he loved it so much. Um, and he was not only moved by the story of the birth of Christ, but he was an abolitionist. And so he strongly identified with the lines that said, Change shall he break, for the, savior, the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall, shall cease. So Dwight believed that Christ came to free all men, and then the song that all men would be confronted with, the fa with that fact. So he kept the original meaning intact. Dwight translated it into English and called it, O Holy Night. Um, and it quickly also found favor in America, especially in the North during the Civil War. Um, so then if we jump back over to France in 1871, uh, legend has it on Christmas Eve that in the midst of fighting between the armies of German and France in the Franco-Prussian War, there, a French soldier jumped out of his trench and just started singing with no weapon, just started singing Canique de Noel. And after completing all three verses, a German soldier jumped out and answered by singing, From heaven above to earth I come. And the story goes that the fighting stopped for 24 hours so that way they could celebrate Christmas. Um, and some believe that was part of the French church allowing them seeing that happen. They allowed it to come back into uh, being used on holiday services after that point. Um, and then if we look in 1906, uh, Reginald Fezenden, um, he spoke into a microphone 
And for the very first time, this was on Christmas Eve, um, for the very first time in history, a voice was broadcast over wireless radio. Um, before that, it was normally beeps of Morse code, uh, but he had figured out how to um, make it so that way voices could be broadcast. Um, and so he read from Luke 2, the birth, about the story of the birth of Christ, and then he finished with O Holy Night on his violin. And so O Holy Night was the first song ever broadcast over radio airwaves. Fun fact. Um, so O Holy Night has been sung millions of times in churches on every corner of the world. Um, and it's gone to become on one of the most rec recorded and played spiritual songs. Total sales for the thousands of different versions um, of the carol are in the tens of millions. And uh, as I was researching like on Amazon, I just scroll through and there's like tons and tons. Like pretty much if you've heard of any artist, they apparently have to record this song because like it's on there on Amazon. <laughs> so, um, and and uh, I personally, I probably listened to, I don't know, 10, 20 different versions as I was just researching it. And uh, just so you know, so Blue Blay, Michael Blue Blay, if you, if you like him, he has a really good version. And then if you've heard of Josh Groban, um, he's a Christian artist. He actually has a really good um, rendition that I like. I like the more like, like real, like booming ones. So, but yeah, check it out. Um, figure out what your favorite one is, but those are ones I recommend. Um, um, the, the history of the song can be very surprising, um, but what isn't surprising is that God uses the least likely person and circumstance to bring glory and honor to himself. As we look closer to the words of the song, we're going to see how they point to scripture and the truth of the Bible. So I thought we'd go ahead and stop and look at the scripture and read the scripture that inspired Plessy Capo. So we're going to look at Luke 2, 4 through 16. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good, no, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord." And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom all, his, he, all whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And, when they, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. The passage is probably familiar to you. Uh, you might have grown up reading it every Christmas. Uh, maybe you've seen the Charlie Brown Christmas story. Linus is, does that. So that's one of my favorite uh, readings of it. Um, and maybe you grew up with your family reading it every Christmas. Um, Hopefully knowing that A Holy Night was inspired 
by this passage will bring you a fresh meaning to this to you this Christmas. Um, so I also want to so let's take a look closer at the song and see the truths that are in in there. As I listened to the song and studied the words, I started to realize that there it closely parallels one of the ways that I learned to share my testimony. In this method, you share how you were before Christ, uh, how Jesus saved you, and then how you are after or since the change that Christ has made in your life. And uh, one, one way to, you know, I share my testimony is talking about uh, back growing up, I grew up in a family that um, were super planners. They planned everything. Um, in fact, <laughs> my, my uh, sister text, my older sister texted me yesterday or two days ago and said, hey, dad called me and wants to make sure you uh, mark off May 3rd, 2020 for breakfast so we can celebrate their 51st wedding anniversary. So, um, yeah, so that's on the calendar. I had to confirm. <laughs> Oddly enough, we did not have Sunday morning that early already booked. Um, you know, what, five months away? So, yeah, so that's just the way I grew up, with planning a lot. And, um, and that was great, and there's lots of benefit to that. But one thing that I found is that um, it caused me to, to worry a lot. That, uh, you know, we would plan things in the future that would be coming up, and then I'd worry about, well, is it going to go okay? And, you know, are the things going to happen the way that I want to? Um, you know, and anything from a family vacation or going over to my friend's house to, you know, what am I going to be when I grow up and all of those type of questions. And, 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 you know, this was something that, that was kind of taught to me by my dad who worried a lot. And then his, his mom, my grandmother would worry, you know, worry a lot. So it was this like generational thing about worrying that, that, uh, just was part of who I was. And, uh, I, you know, after I became a Christian, I learned, uh, I would read my Bible and I learned a scripture verse Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And, um, and this made all the difference to me. So it says, uh, do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Um, what's the note? Sorry. Yeah, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Um, and so that's a scripture that I've recited over and over again, many, many times, that has uh, helped me, you know, after learning that verse and accepting Christ, um, has helped me to not worry about things, to understand that, you know, if I do feel that way, I need to take my request to God and that he has a plan that is bigger and better than I could ever imagine. And, uh, you know, I, I can think of specific times that, you know, like literally I'm like panicking. You guys have, you know, all been there. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out this thing. And he just brings that peace. And, uh, you know, that doesn't make any sense except for God. Um, so, so that's, you know, example of, of my testimony. And so I want to look at how, you know, I found a testimony built into this, this, uh, song, Christmas Carol. So the first verse describes how the world was before Christ. It describes the world laying in sin and error. The world and all those in it were waiting in their sin, longing for God to enter our world, to make things right and whole again. The world pining means a deep longing for something or someone. And the scene that is painted here is one of darkness and despair, but also poised on the edge of hope, waiting for a change. It was, it was a holy night. Holy means to be set apart. And because God is holy, he cannot be in the presence of sin. And our sin kept us apart from God. But, but, all, that was, but all of that was about to change. Our sin 
God was going to make a way for us to be in his presence by sending his perfect son. He sent him to live a perfect life, to be the perfect sacrifice, to take our punishment and enable us to be in the presence of a holy God. The soul felt its worth. Um, we cannot deny that we have great worth in his sight. God would do, go to such, and we can't, be, because of the fact that he would go to such great lengths to send his only son, it gives us worth. If we look at verse 2, the how so is part of the how part of our testimony. It takes us to the cradle where we stand before the Savior of the world. It's in faith in him, this little baby, that it is the key to how our lives are changed. It is faith that saves us. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not works, not our goodness, not trying to clean ourselves up to be good enough, but just faith alone, in Christ alone, by grace alone. And there, in that, and there that king of kings laid in a lonely manger. Jesus is the king of all the kings of the world, but he humbled himself and was born in a lowly manger. And incredibly, he came to be our friend who understands all of our trials and temptations in, in Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but, we, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. The last verb, and then after, the last verse describes the after part of our testimony. Uh, our lives are different now because of the king who came as a baby to change our world. Because of his love in our hearts, we are now able to follow his example to love one another. When Jesus was asked what the greatest law was, he, re he replied that the law was love. Mark 12, 30 and 31 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. His love in our hearts affects how we treat other people. We cannot oppress or mistreat them. We are to view them as brothers and sisters. This is, part, this is the part that meant so much to John Sullivan Dwight. The value that God placed on all humankind is what should encourage us to care for and stand up for the least of these. The way we respond to Jesus coming to earth is with joy and gratitude. Like the heavenly host of angels who appeared to the shepherds singing praises. And if our spirit is praising the Lord, then the outflow will be that our lives and everything will praise God too. Uh, praise is more than singing, although uh, there are many ways, there's many ways for us to praise God in our lives, but singing songs is a pretty good way to do that. And a holy night is a great one to do, especially this time of year. Um, seeing this song through the lens of a testimony um, about Christ and the gospel has given this song a deeper meaning to me, and hopefully it has to you as well. Uh, my prayer for you is that God would use this song to reveal truth, the truth of Jesus. Come down into the sin-stained world to die on a cross for our sins so we might have worth and joy and life everlasting. I know that in my life that the Lord has used this song year after year to help me to be thankful what God did on that holy night. In the hustle and bustle of Christmas season, it's easy to caught up to the, get caught up in the stuff and things. 
Um, you know, buying gifts, decorating Christmas trees, watching Christmas movies, baking Christmas cookies, going to Christmas parties, um, wearing Christmas clothes, all of these things. And none of those are bad in themselves. But if we miss the, the reason for the season, then we've missed all of it. And for this, for me, this song has always brought me back to the birth of our Savior. Um, this year, it's been especially meaningful since, since I've listened to it so many different times. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like I've understand the, the words in a deeper way. Um, what really stood out to me is how this song describes not only the holy night over 2,000 years ago, but the world today. I mean, you can't turn on the news or look at social media without seeing how the world is in sin and error. And not only the world, but in general, but in, in our lives in particular. Um, but praise be to God that he doesn't just leave the world there or leave us at that place. The psalm describes what the difference Jesus makes in the world and in our lives. My hope for you this morning was that learning about the song of Holy Night would help you love God and to love people more. Not just to be able to get a Christmas trivia right when they ask about the history of a holy night, but that hopefully will be a bonus at some point in your life. <laughs> um, so with that goal in mind, I want to ask you to remember a couple of takeaways that you have from this morning. And um, a few of them that I thought of was one that the, the history of this song shows us that if God can make a man, um, God, if God can use a man who walked away from the faith to write the song and someone who didn't even believe in Jesus to write the music and a failed preacher to translate it so that we as English speakers can understand it, then he can do amazing things through you and I. Maybe it's that the world needs Jesus because before him it was in sin and error, pining, craving, desiring, wanting a savior. For Jesus to come and make things right, to make sense of it all. And our life is pining for the same thing, for Jesus to heal our broken heart, to give us power and perspective to see his plan and how we fit in it. If you feel that this pining and wanting in your heart and you haven't, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let today be the day you ask him into your heart. And I'd love to talk to you afterwards or talk to someone who brought you or one of the other pastors. Um, if that's what you feel like you're called to, to do, or maybe there's an area of your life that you're not submitting to what Jesus wants. You're not letting him um, be the light and the, the, the healing that, that he needs to be there. Um, that's just as important for you to, to trust him in that area and to, to make a difference this next year. Um, how amazing is the third one? How amazing is it that God, um, that a holy and perfect God would make a way for us to be in relationship with him? And that he bridged the gap by being born a human on earth. Because of this, we're able to he's able to sympathize with our weaknesses. And, um, and so that hopefully should bring you hope. And so I ask, what circumstance or issue do you need to take to Jesus and trust him for? That you need to let him, um, you know, you, you think that he doesn't understand. He does. Um, so let him help you in that area. Um, maybe it's that God has and is changing you and making you more like Jesus. Praise the Lord. So what's your testimony? How, how can you figure it out? How can you write it down or learn how to tell it so that way you can tell others about it and talk about what Jesus has done in your life 
Um, when someone shares something about worrying, I have something that I can tell them that has encouraged me and hopefully will point them to Jesus. So what is it in your life that um, you need to figure out how you can share so that way you can encourage others? Lastly, is there someone in your life that you need to trust God and step outside of your comfort zone and be the hands and feet to? There's needs all over the place, but is there someone on your heart that um, you just are reluctant to help and you just need to, to submit to God? Um, and so, also I wanted to just think about next time you hear this song, um, or, or maybe next time, two different ways. Next time, I left a, a blank here. So next time I feel blank, I want to remember to listen to this song. So maybe it's next time uh, you feel like you're not focusing on, on Jesus. You're focusing on the, the things of Christmas and not the, the focus of Jesus. Then get this song on. Play, play it and, and uh, just sit there and whether you're waiting in line at Kohl's on Black Friday or <laughs> in the traffic at the town center, um, put this song on so that way you can uh, make sure you focus on the real, the real reason. Um, next time you feel grateful that Jesus came to earth, um, it's a good time to, to worship him with this song. Or, or maybe it's next time that the song comes up in um, that you'd like to let others know about something about this song and how it points to Jesus. So uh, the song comes on all the time. So, you know, imagine you're riding in the car with a friend or with family that, um, you know, maybe God wants you to encourage them and, and tell them uh, about him using this song. Uh, so it could be, you know, next time this song comes up, I'd like to let others know how God used so many unlikely people to create this song and how that points to Jesus. Or maybe it's, you'd like to know how it talks about how the, was, the world was before and after Christ came into it and how that points to Jesus. So whatever God might be uh, telling you, I, I encourage you, I, my hope is, my prayer is that um, the next time you hear this song, uh, that you'd hear it new and different. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. We are going to get a chance to sing it again. Um, and so as I invite the worship team to come up and play this song, I want to encourage you to worship the Lord with a song, um, to hear it with fresh ears and singing with a fuller meaning. So feel free to sit down and close your eyes and let the word soak in or to stand with us and sing it loudly, thankfully proclaiming the truth, this truth that's in your life. And take hope, take the hope of this hymn with you for this Christmas season in year round. So uh, let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the opportunity to um, look closer at, at this uh, wonderful song, Lord, that has touched so many lives that you've used, Lord, in spite of its uh, beginnings, Lord, that you have plans that are greater than, than man's plans, Lord. Lord, we thank you that... Um, that you've made us to be able to enjoy and to worship you through, through singing, Lord, through music, Lord, and that you've done that with this song, with O Holy Night, Lord, that you, uh, yeah, you have a plan that stand, has spanned, uh, you know, many decades, Lord, and, and you're going to use it for many years more. So I pray that you would use it in our lives, Lord, that we would trust you um, this Christmas season and we would focus on you, Lord, that we wouldn't get caught up in the stuff and things of this of this season, but we'd focus on what you've done by coming to earth. In Jesus' name, amen.